Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we back with another episode of the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. Two chains here along with the rest of the crew. We got Marcus, Dr. Dr. M, Jamal, the Giant Crab, and Silly Sellis is here. What's going on, fellas? Ahoy. Not, not too much, man. How are you all? Hola, como esta? <laughs> not bad. Oh, my bad. I've, I'm, I'm short one of an introduction. D-Wayne himself. What's going on? <laughs> the mumble master is here. The mumble master. Look, I've been waiting for you to, I've been waiting for you to respond to me all day. Talking about the Usos promo SmackDown Live was trash because it was just mumbling. And the first thing you do within one second of the show is mumble. So I, it was just, I was like, am I missing a few words? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do have some reserved comments on that. But before we get started for the day, um, it's time for us to get our daily dose of um, movie review. And um, it's been one probably a heck of a three weeks of of really good movies and um we haven't gave jamal a chance to cover something but um for time's sake let's we definitely want to get in with actually seems to be the most talked about movie this week and that's get out if you can give us a quick little summary of the movie i know you've seen it on monday so yeah i saw it on monday and uh, get out the first movie directed by jordan peele one half of key and peele is uh, uh, a film about a, a black guy and a white girl. They go to the white uh, parents' family, and uh, well, all of the normal racial insecurities ensue, and uh, it gets a little bit darker from there. Uh, it's very well written. Uh, Dave Daniel Kalua is the um, uh, plays Chris, and uh, Allison Williams, who was in Girls on the HBO show, she plays Rose, and. Um, their adventures into suburbia is very, very interesting. Uh, personally, it resonates very well with me, and I think that there were some other people in the audience that weren't that weren't black, and they were, you know, some of the jokes went over their head. But it's a lot of cultural references that uh, that you'll get. But it's definitely worth seeing. I don't want to say too much more about the story, but it, it you know, it's one of those movies where you should have paid attention from the from the beginning to the end, uh, so that it all comes around very nicely in the end. So yeah, it's very surprisingly good. Cool, cool. Um, also, John Wick 2. I, I, I know we haven't given you a chance to talk about that one as well. And that's also been a really talked about movie of the last two weeks. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is 52. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so that there is that. Now, John Wick uh, 2 picks up exactly where John Wick the first left off, and that was in 2014. And um, there is a story there, much more than the first one. But we don't really care about that. We just care that John Wick is basically a ballet dancer that can work his way with an AK-47 and all manner of weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the world of John Wick gets exposed a little bit more, which is great. We see how the uh, the etiquette of these hitmen, mercenary, and mobsters uh, get along. But it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, hideously high body count, so if you're squeamish, skip it. But <laughs> if you like the first one, you'll definitely like the second one. And maybe a third. 
if old man Keanu can get it together. <laughs> I, will, I will add this to Jamal. I will say their interactions, and I won't spoil this, interactions between Keanu Reeves and Common were probably one of the most hilarious yet intriguing and entertaining fight scenes I've ever seen. And I have a love-hate relationship with uh, dear, dear Lonnie Lynn because I think he's arguably my favorite rapper, but he's one of the worst actors I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> he has like the charisma mm. of a half-baked potato, <laughs> and I've never seen him in a movie where I went like, God, that was actually pretty good. But to be fair, Common Stunt Double, because not Common himself, but Common Stunt Double definitely earned his uh, weight in this, uh, in this movie. <laughs> he, he did it. He really did it. And um, you might as well just plug away if you want to uh, catch the rest of your reviews. Where can we um, find those at? Yeah, you can find me at uh, realfilmnews.com or you can find me at The Rabbit Hole, therabbithole.dotone.com. Uh, either either of those places are cool. And hit me up on the Twitter, at giant underscore K-R-A-B-B. Yep, yep. So anyway, let's get into, um, you know, the topics of the week in WWE. Um, you know, every week we try to give a couple of debatable topics to throw on the table and get everybody's opinion and, you know, make it real interesting. And, you know, this week definitely is a lot of intriguing things to ponder on. I mean, we're talking about the women's division on both Raw and SmackDown. We're talking about the tag team divisions between both um, the controversial ending in the SmackDown Live number one contenders battle royal. So definitely a lot to talk about. But, you know, speaking of monsters that uh, Jamal brought up, let's talk about Braun Strowman for a quick minute. Um, I have to say, ever since the draft, I have been a really big fan of Braun Strowman. I thought the music, um, his new haircut, he didn't look so, he didn't look like so untamed like many of the other people that's been brought up and uh, what's his name, like an NXT. So I feel like there was a little bit of a caring going on here. But, you know, overall throughout the weeks, we've seen a slow progression with him and you know, that brings us basically to the question is, is, you know, is Braun Strowman considered the next Vince McMahon project? And, you know, if you don't know what that means, that's basically saying, is he the next Vince guy? And, you know, Vince has a look, a style and a type um, in his personal selection of wrestlers. And I think we all can agree that Roman Reigns was his last attempt. I think Big, Big Cass may be his next. But, you know, Roman, the Roman Reigns project hasn't been totally a success. I mean, he ended the WrestleMania in booze, and I'm pretty sure Vince wasn't too happy about that. Roman Reigns' might skills haven't been so up to par. And quite frankly, creative don't know what to do with him as far as being the face or a heel. But, you know, Braun Strowman, I have to say, has probably had to be some of the, the better building of a character within, like, the, the last, like, couple of years when you think about it as far as him being – put into the right role, um, giving him the mic in the certain the certain spots that they give him. And, you know, the monster slash, like, beast character, we've seen it all over. But, again, this doesn't feel so cheesy. And he's very athletic. His match calling, everything about him has been really, really good in my eyes. But, you know, definitely curious to hear what everybody's opinion on this. First of all, I, I guess we could start with, do you consider Braun Strowman the next Vince McMahon or – apparently the current Vince McMahon project. Um, I can start with this and I'm cautiously optimistically saying yes. However, the last two that I would consider, and I'm not considering Roman Reigns as one of these Vince McMahon projects, but the last two projects that have this, in my opinion, have not been good. And those last two have been Snitsky and <laughs> die. 
And both <laughs> of them have this type of gimmick where they seem powerful and they seem like they can overcome anything and they seem like they're going to be, you know, the next heel type champion that's going to be very strong. Happens, and I'm not trying to pre plug a D Wayne C monster file. I know Tenzai got the same monster file, but it's like one thing that comes in contact with them that just like downgrades their their development and it, it just goes nowhere. So I hope that we continue to have Braun, and like you say, his character development has been great. I just hope that they continue to uptrend it in the right direction and not have one big event, hence WrestleMania coming up, totally goes flat. Hey, you know, I got I to gotta tell you something. I forgot to text you this the other day, but I was talking to Evan from Under the Mat Radio, and he was telling me how um, he did an interview with Snitsky, and he said he's really cool and down to earth, and they really communicate every once so often. And I was like, hmm, there's a certain guy on the show and a friend of mine that's a really big fan of him, and I'm sure he yeah. would- <laughs> I'm sure it would be very intriguing to have some time, some chat time with him. So you better hit up Evan, man, because he, he said, just let him know. But that's your guy. That Snitsky train ASAP. <laughs> Shout out to that radio team. Uh, go ahead, Marcus. Uh, well, I would have to agree with, with you, James. I think um, this building of Braun has been certainly better than I would have ever expected. I, I was not at all excited when they broke him up from the Wyatt family because um, I, I just didn't think he would do well on his own outside of random squash matches. But uh, I've been pleasantly surprised and I think this can work. I think he can be the next Vince guy only if they keep him as a monster heel. I think uh, WWE has the tendency sometimes to pull the switch too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, either pull it too quickly or not pull it at all, i.e. Roman Reigns um, and and John Cena, um, the same thing. And Because um, I can see how fans will eventually start to gravitate toward him. Um, the more he starts doing impressive matches, like he had actually a pretty good showing against the big show. Uh, I wasn't at all interested in that main event, but Braun did well in it. And the more he does stuff like that, the more fans are going to eventually start to cheer him. And I hope that Vince doesn't turn him face. I, I think he should be a monster heel for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the big show match See, this is why I, I, I draw the conclusion of him being a Vince guy. He closed Raw against the Big Show, a Big Show that hasn't even been on TV in a while. I think the last time we seen the Big Show, obviously, was the Royal Rumble, but before that, who knows how long we've seen him. But the match was the match was solid. You know, um, fans always chant, "This is awesome," regardless of what's going on in the ring. But nonetheless, Braun Strowman carried the match. I thought it was really good, and I thought that you know because he was he's being considered a Vince guy that. He put him in the spotlight to to close Raw, which is a big thing because we always emphasize on who closes Raw, what match, and and and, and et cetera. And you know, another critical thing that I think about of him being a Vince guy is the whole you know the backstage chit chat about Braun Strowman being um, chewed out by Vince McMahon and Mick Foley also, you know, collaborated it too. Said he saw, it. and you know, to an extent, you think like, okay, Vince McMahon is in his ear. You know, that's like a that's like a strike, sort of say you get put in the doghouse. But you know, if he's really a Vince man, it's like, no, no, no. I'm trying to nip this in the bud for you right now to make sure you say the right things on mic so that you know you alleviate these problems right now and you just become better instead of just carrying on thinking it's fine and it becoming a potentially bigger problem on mic now. I don't think Roman Reigns has ever had any type of discipline or you know 
any backstage problems with Vince as far as things he's done bad. Even the suspension was just handled so like under the rug that they protected him so much. And, you know, the fans still don't give a good perception to him. But I think Braun Strowman, I think his it's they're they're definitely taking their time with him. And the fans are the fans are putting him over. Like, thank you, Braun Chance was was being thrown out after he, you know, pretty much beat up uh, Roman Reigns. And I think that I think that's just all put together because of you know the masterpiece that they're building in Braun Strowman. I think it's really well done. Um D Wayne, you want to jump in there or Jamal? Okay, so I don't think that uh, Strowman is a Vince guy. And the reason why is Roman Reigns is a Vince guy because he can appeal both to kids and adults if done well. He can definitely appeal to kids and women because those are the only ones that cheer from him. Those are some pretty deep voice boos I hear uh, when they when he comes to the ring. So is Braun Strowman a moneymaker? I don't think so. Is is he a guy that can do well on television? Honestly, Strowman has had the run that Roman should have had from the beginning, where he was built up to be this big bad guy. Because even in the Shield, he was kind of uh, a, a third wheel. I didn't really see. Uh, we thought of Seth Rollins as the architect. We thought of Dean Ambrose as crazy Dean Ambrose. But who was Roman Reigns in the Shield even then? Just the guy. So fine. But even right now, I, and with all of his his love hate relationship that they have, I don't see him being the money maker that he needs to be. I don't see him being the box office draw that he needs to be. Um, he's not Roman Reigns, and he's not Brock Lesnar. Middle, and for from a wrestling standpoint and a storyline standpoint, he's finally the monster heel that they need on Raw because. They've basically castrated Kevin Owens and took that heel heat away from him the same way they did Seth Rollins. Mm. But is he a Vince guy? No, because ultimately all roads lead back to Roman. It's a great point. D-Wayne, you want to add something there? <clears throat> um, I'm going to start off saying this. I actually like how they're building. I think that Braun... This monster, this monster hill gimmick is great. I mean, I, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy seeing him beat people up. Hell, I enjoy seeing him beat Roman Reigns up because, <laughs> in a in a way, it kind of makes a sympathetic figure for Roman Reigns. Oh so my god! What are we hearing here? <laughs> it just sounds like to me that you 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 feeling kind of like perplexed that because your guy's getting beat up, you actually have. A love hate relationship with Braun Strowman. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, I think that, like I said, I just I like the I like how they're building him up. Um, Mike, my, my fear is how long are they going to go this route? Um, we saw the unstoppable unstoppable monster with Brock Lesnar, and you know you saw what happened with that and. Of course, you know Brock Lesnar. Do we, is he the supple monster? Still, I mean, I can't. I don't know if I can take him serious anymore. We saw the supple monster in, uh, in a lot of when Kane first came on. We saw that, the, but then I think they pulled the plug quick on that as well. So, um, 
how long is he going to be this monster here? But I don't think he's a Vince guy. I think that he's kind of like the Big Show to me. He's a replacement for the Big Show. I think, I, I, honestly, I think kids like him. I really, I, I don't have much reference to that, but I think kids do like him. I don't, I don't think nobody's really opposed of him. Um, but nonetheless, you, the, the question is how long now? So, you know, let's, let's think a little bit short term here. What is ultimately, what is ultimately his book, you know, how would you book him for WrestleMania then? What, what type of match profile, you know, um, just how would you book him? Would you, you know, in all aspects? I'm trying to figure that out. Like, I'm trying to figure out who can he face that would be good for him at WrestleMania. And everyone that I'm thinking of potentially has a match yeah. already. That's my thing. Yeah, is- I would I would insert him into the Goldberg uh Lesnar uh deal. Oh no, keep him away. Keep him away. I'm I'm still not high on that match going longer than five, ten minutes. Keep him away. And and but the reason why is is because I think that Strowman has shown that he can definitely hang it with a in it with his wrestling acumen, uh with, with the, anybody in the ring. Um he can do the power moves, obviously. Uh and he can throw the little guys like lawn darts across the ring. <laughs> But I think that uh, Strowman, uh, Lesnar, and Goldberg is kind of like a pe- the passing of the torch that we really, really need from them. Those two, we know that Goldberg won't be allowed for um, for too much longer. We we know that Lesnar will surely follow him out the door. So then, what do you have? It kind of has a lasting effect on a very part-time match, which arguably could be for the title anyway, depending on what happened fast lane. But the way they're setting it up is Goldberg versus Lesnar for the title. Does that match versus two part-timers need to be for the title at WrestleMania? Well, no. But what if Strowman was there? And what if he was there to kind of take that mantle as the next big guy um, from Goldberg and Lesnar? I think it would be a cool moment to see them, that pass into the torch. I, I think, I, oh, is he for that type of pressure yet? That, that, that. That's his job. You know, that, he doesn't have a choice to be ready for, for the pressure. That's, that's been my reserve, too. I, I thought they've really been building him really slow and taking their time, so I'm not quite ready to see him in title contention, but I would Either. love to see him in the Andre the Giant Battle uh, uh, Memorial. But what does Andre that actually do? I mean, I mean, look what it did for – kind of elevated him in a way because they kept referring back to it, and this is the first time they pushed somebody – using that as a reference and it worked now granted it's a lot of things that happened since mania like the draft and everything where he got a chance to do that but mm-hmm. i think under the memorial battle royal like you said two chains is a perfect thing you keep it safe you have a, a degree of pedigree of a wrestlemania moment underneath his belt mm-hmm. but if you want to go to SummerSlam or go into survivor series you can take it and ground and pound and as long as you can since which which we talked about the show before money in the bank is not going to be featured for all only SmackDown. yeah man look i was thinking about that after the show last week and i was like man i really would have liked the fact that we're all getting the money in the bank because i would love to see braun showman with the briefcase and the reason why is just is exactly because of how his character is being built i always loop back to this i love when a person has a problem with somebody they come out and see them right away. Braun Strowman would appear to come to the ring in the most weirdest, awkward moments. Just how, like, you know, the Attitude Era was. I would love to see him carrying the Money in the Bank briefcase, disappearing to wreak havoc on whomever and whenever. But yet, to keep appearing with the briefcase to threaten to win, to cash in for the title, man, I'd be excellent. I, 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 I think that's a missed opportunity there. I would love yep. to see Strowman win the title at Mania. 
dare I say, shocking the world and have Sami Zayn win Money in the Bank or something like that to get, you know, that David versus Goliath matchup that we uh, that we could have. It would be yeah. very different, very, very different than the way they usually go, which is why the way they usually go isn't a surprise anymore. And that's yeah. the reason why I think there's a huge difference between how SmackDown is ran between or Raw. If those two competitors were on SmackDown, I could totally see it. By them being on Raw, it's hard for me to see it. That's a good point. Let's get into the next topic real quick. D-Way, you want to say something? That's a great point because we also, we also got to remember there's a certain somebody that's scheduled to come back soon. Yeah, I will, I will definitely bring that up too. Um, the next topic really... You know, when it comes down to Raw and SmackDown, basically is the tag team division. And I made this topic as bland as possible. Is tag team wrestling the WWE right now legit? Yes. It, it is. It's just not being booked properly. Well, go for it. Now, for, for example, I like the, what SmackDown is doing as they keep on featuring at least a different aspect of a tag team feud every single week. Foley made his comment. He's saying Raw is suffering from the three-hour window. But with the two-hour window that SmackDown has, it's building every single feud correctly. You have two women's feuds, one for the title, one not. Title being featured as a double feature with your main event feud, but it includes 10 people, which branching out between the feud between Dean Ambrose and uh, is actually doing good things. You're making them main event people, but for a secondary title. Um, also, sub feuds, which are like your your mid card feuds, whatever. It's just SmackDown is doing a great job building that up, and I'm perfectly fine if you're building up the Usos as being your number one tag team contender against uh, American Alpha, but then you're not forgetting about your other tag teams, especially even on your your pay per view shows. And it, it's kind of losing its interest because it's like you had the New Day that you're the longest reigning you know title contenders of history of all time. But then look what you're doing with them. And then you're putting these random tag team matches where you keep flopping the title and forgetting the people that formerly had the title. So you're not building up your program. It's just like you're just, oh, on to the next one, on to the next one. So it's just not being booked correctly. And so that, just to be clear, so you say SmackDown's doing a correct job with it, but Raw isn't. Yes. Okay, okay. I'm going to okay. say, there was a point in time where I enjoyed watching the tag team division. Now I consider it a bathroom break. It's not entertaining to me like that anymore. And I feel like they can do more of the tag team division on both brands. And I'm not sure what they're doing right now, if their focus is the tag team division. I'm not seeing. I see singles, women's, then tag team. I think tag team division is probably on on the bottom of the pole. I'm not seeing it. Dot them. Uh, yeah, I'm not too enthusiastic about the tag team division right now either. Uh, for a lot of the reasons D Wayne pointed out, um, and I guess to Celis's point too, I kind of I do like what's happening on SmackDown. I I thought that was one of the more entertaining segments this week, but there's just not enough of it, right? And I, I wish they would do more with with some of the tag teams. Like with with uh, what do they call it, Breezango now or whatever that team is called, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have two people, Tyler Breeze, who has proven himself as an excellent wrestler in the ring and fairly charismatic, 
We know what Fandango can do when he has the freedom to do it. And I just think there's a lot of untapped potential there. And I think we can say the same for some of the raw tag teams too. I wish Gallows and Anderson would get to do more than be thrown into the ring with Roman Reigns in useless matches, right? Um, and uh, I wish that the New Day was a little bit more prominent than now, what, being hosts of WrestleMania? Um, so I, I think there's just been a lot of missed opportunities. And I think everyone in WWE, but especially the tag teams, would benefit from, from sort of traditional booking. Where are the vignettes, right? Where are the um, sort of the, the one-minute clips, you know, highlighting, you know, a tag team's dominance, you know, backstage interviews? We're not seeing that anymore, and I think that's hurting the divisions. That's a good point. That for pay-per-views. Pretty yeah, much, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I agree with all of you guys, and I think that um, the problem with the tag team division it's the same problem that I have with WWE's title picture as a whole. Nobody really wants the belt. Now, I think it should be the focus of every single player in every sport to win a championship. It's Thank the focus you, of every Jamal. fan. It's the focus of every team owner. Everybody from the concession stand guy to that dude on the street handing out the newspapers, everyone in the city wants to see a winning team. But in the WWE, only the top two or three people actually want the belt. And that's that's kind of ridiculous. The, now, the, as far the as the tag team belt, that wasn't even their focus for like the first part of last year. They were just like, I don't think they realized they had belts. <laughs> no, they, no, no. There's no question that the WWE doesn't realize they have belts. Having them in two on one matches against Roman Reigns in two consecutive weekend weeks, and then they even had a chance to make it a tag team match. He's like, I'll do it myself, and they pretty much almost had it a squash match until it was the no DQ. That is completely a slap in the face to your champions. I came to the conclusion that WWE didn't know what to do with Anderson and Gallows from the get. They they didn't. Now, D-Wayne, let me ask you this question, D-Wayne. And and I'm I'm happy Jamal said that. Now, once again, D-Wayne, if you're a wrestler, is your number one role to be a top guy or to have championship gold? Based on what Jamal just said, it should be it should be having the belt. Now, but but I'm gonna say but we're not in a traditional wrestling sense. We're in Vince McMahon's world, and in Vince McMahon's world, your goal is to be the top guy. Well, and here's the thing, and that's why you have a problem with some of the divisions because if your goal is not to get the belt, why are you here? Like, for example, if your goal is to, and I'm, and I'm watching basketball to make this reference right now, if your goal is to make the most money in the NBA, play on a team for a championship. Yeah, it, no, I, it, I agree. It won't make sense. Yeah, you, you take Terrell, the look at Terrell Owens um, and his snubbing in the uh, Hall of Fame. Yes. You know, he, he's done it. He has his career and everything like that. And I, I don't really follow it anymore, but um, I still think that he got a pretty raw deal there. So which is it? He's Terrell Owens. He's a household name. But the accolades that come with participating in your sport are why you should be there. And WWE's championship, their actual championship, is that box of bootios. <laughs> that's what the kids are buying. Yeah. It's, it's the t-shirt. It's the uh, pom-poms. It's the uh, replica belts. Yeah. That's their championship. The, the big gold belt, honestly, meh. No, no pun intended, right? It's in there. 
they're not they're not puns. Hey, look. Okay, so we talk about Vince World. Let's talk about Triple H World for a minute, where the tag team division is done correctly. I'm sorry. The best tag team in the world is the Revival, and everybody knows that. There's no secret. Those guys was off TV okay. for a little bit because of an injury. Even when they lost the title, they come right back and they insert themselves right back into the title picture, and that's what it's all and about we, to me. Okay, so we know the revival, and that's the thing. When are they going to be called up? Because I feel like that's the one thing to tag team that they're waiting. You know, they still got unfinished business right now, and I like it. And I wanted them to be called up too, as of recently, to be honest. But I like the fact that they. All right, back in the title pictures. You know, the rumors is saying that there's going to be a triple tag team match um, at NXT Takeover Orlando with DIY, DIY, the Revival, and the Authors of Pain. And I like that. I like that the Revival. Why? First of all, first of all, any any match that the Revival touch is classic. Nothing to do with the wrestlers. It's how the triple threat match of a tag team is set up. All three need to be in the ring. I hate it when it's two out of three teams in the ring. If you have no. a triple match, put all three in the ring. No, no, no. I, I If it's three people in the ring, who knows how it's going to be really booked. That's just the rumor. But it doesn't even matter because the, the beauty and the craft about the revival is half the time not even them wrestling. It's their wrestling IQ. And the fact to see them not inserted into the match, but both on the on the side of the ropes waiting to get in, the magic and the craft that they may give you with it, at that approach is going to be magical. I can't even as, as stress it enough. They're they're so good. And bottom line, instead of just you know talking about how good they are, that's what it's about. All their tag team divisions in NXT are all going after the tag team championship. Authors of Pain did it exactly after they won the um, Dusty Rose Classic. They say, hey, we're, we deserve title shots. They went through one regal, they got it. DIY, they went out the revival till they got it. And this, that, this, that's what it's about. And I, that's why I think, like, you know, everybody thinks the NST booking has been better. The, the takeovers have been better than WWE pay-per-views 100% last year. And that's it's only because of how the writing has been. Yeah, it's not, it's not even close with the next team. But I do think that... Um, uh, the revival won't come up to the main roster until TM61 gets back, and which won't be for a few months. Um, That's a good point. Uh, with Shane Thorne, Shane Thorne has a um, uh, busted knee, and it's going to take some months to heal. Okay. So, but um, that's unfortunate. But you know, it is it, that's the business. As far as their tag team wrestling goes, I do want to say that yeah, sure, they are the best tag team in North America. I would argue that Tamatanga and uh, Roa are um, better than them. But or, or Los Ingobernables uh, de Japón are more better than them. But you know, that's a different conversation. Um, but still, far and away best tag team in North America. With that said, NXT and, and Raw and the main roster totally different animals. Uh, and NXT, they uh, people actually want the belt, even with like you know B class teams like in the women's division like uh, Deanna Perrazzo or um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. They they want a belt. They they want the belt. Actually, Peyton Royce just won, and she is like number one contender for some reason. But still, anybody has an everybody has an opportunity to go chase the belt. That's what it should be. So here's why we're here. So this is what I'm gonna say. While we want everyone to chase the belt on the main roster, let's be real. WWE is a big business. It's not about chasing the belt. It's about who generates the most money at the end of the day. As long as you generate money, you're good. The more money you generate, the more you're going to be featured. 
which is the reason why the goal on the main roster is to be the top guy. I I don't even agree because you know you know why? Because you're not sitting there in the sweatshops making your own shirts. They they I don't know what's the the process of deciding who gets a new shirt or a new look, but for your your own personal character benefit, you your 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 minds, your promos, everything should be directed towards the belt. Your feud, nonetheless, but the belt. As far as getting pushed to be the top guy, that's that's pretty much a fan thing, and also a lot to do with what creative have for you. I mean, it's no question that I, I, we talked about this last week. Naomi got her new look not too long ago. Um, the um her new. She she started selling. They start selling new merch for her, and that's to know she's the champion. So you know, I'm sure she's not sitting around like, "Hey, hey, I need a new shirt. I need a new shirt." And they're like, "Nah, not yet, not yet," because obviously Summer Rae has already been complaining that she don't have a shirt at all. And she's been around, so even though she's she's still under contract, but you know, it doesn't even matter. She's not there. She's not getting a shirt. It's not helping her at all. So don't forget what he said about the movie she's in too. That definitely will help push things to get started faster. But thing is, Summer's not the top female, so it doesn't matter. I, I, my bottom line, just to knock it all track, is that I, I don't think the top guy is something that you can decide for yourself. That's Vince McMahon and Triple H or whomever it is. No. But as far as your own personal, like, promos and interviews and everything else you do on the side, should be about, I want to be the champion one day. Exactly. Point I agree with that. Yeah, we've all heard the stories about how people refuse or fail to or are unable to grab the uh, fable right. the brass ring, and, and that's, <laughs> right, and that's mostly because they're uh, unlike the on the indie scene, the guys in WWE don't really seem to be uh, the uh, masters of their own domain. There's somebody in their ear, whether it's the referee from Vince or Vince McMahon himself, or Pat Patterson or Terry Taylor or whoever it is, telling them this is who we need you to be. This is the role. We've seen Emelina come back just to say, sorry, guys. Just for Emma to come right back. <laughs> you know, right. And we'll wait another six months for that, too. <laughs> so and that was because the rumors were backstage. She wasn't adapted to the role that they created. Yeah. So which is it? In First. NXT, did they say, hey, you know, be who you are? And she came out with bubbles and stuff. Or in NXT, they say, well, we're going to make you turn you heel. OK, well, what do they look like? It doesn't really seem that they're collaborating on what their um what the yep. the bridge between the wrestlers and the um the role seems to be very 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 wide. Yep. The New Day is a perfect example of that. They came out as like God's property 2.0. <laughs> God. And then now they allowed themselves to evolve into what they are now. Yeah. As in being their self, much more easier to right. to be successful being yourself. Um let's talk about the women's division real quick. Um yeah. so we'll break it down again into um Raw Smackdown. But basically, the the storylines that's that's parallel to each show. I, let's start with SmackDown first. Are the fans really invested in what's happening with Naomi? As far as the injury, is it real? Is it fake? Nonetheless, that um a new uh, two time champion was crowned. Um, it was Alessa Bliss going over Becky Lynch, and you know the the titles is flip flopping a whole lot. Bottom line is, are the fans really invested in in how this is being booked? And vice versa with uh, Raw, with Bailey winning the championship over Charlotte, 
Um, and then Charlotte versus Sasha, and then Sasha's going over there, and we see where, where the roles are definitely pointing to us there. And Nia Jack, who who's also inserting herself into the title picture, but are the fans really invested in both of these different um, shows' storyline with the women's division, and why? I guess I got Doctor M. I, let me hear from Doctor M on this one because I I really need his intelligence for this one. Uh, well, I would certainly say with with Naomi, um, something I realized uh, this past Tuesday on SmackDown is that Naomi has legions, and I mean legions of fans. Uh, I was on Twitter when they did that segment where she relinquished the belt, and it was kind of amazing to see just the number of people that seemed legit, like bent out of shape about what, what happened. Um, mm. pe- people were sort of questioning uh, there were people questioning whether this is a work or whether uh, this is legit. And it, I mean, it seems legit to me. Um, but I mean, people were, you know, absolutely like heartbroken over this. And so I think there's something about her character that ha- certainly resonates with lots of fans. And I would say the same actually for the SmackDown women's division in general. I mean, the heat Alexa Bliss got after that segment was over, um, I thought would be great. And uh, of course, we have Becky Lynch, who who can always, you know, draw a pretty good reaction. And we have the veteran and Mickey James. There's just a lot of of nice sort of moving parts on SmackDown, right? Natty and Nikki Bella. I I want to be sick of that feud, but I'm actually not, right? And whereas on Raw, I, and just speaking from a fan's perspective, uh, I'm starting to care less and less about the Raw women's division. Uh, which is unfortunate because of the likes of, you know, strong athletes like Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, and Nia. Um, I'm sure they'll put on a great match at WrestleMania, but right now I'm just not, I'm not buying it. I'm not into it. And uh, I, I wonder if it's just because, as we often point out, Raw seems to only think it has four women on the roster, whereas SmackDown we offer opportunities to multiple people or what but i think there's definitely investment in smackdown and i i'm not convinced that the same investment is in raw i'm I'm reading right now from the wrestling observer newsletter and it said that uh naomi suffered an injury similar to seth rollins knee injury um and her Mm -hmm. wrestlemania status is 100 up in the air um with that said i think that smackdown their women have a bit more of an authentic feel um we know that uh, becky lynch has come you know, from nowhere and basically is the uh, female Sami Zayn. Um, Naomi has had this resurgence from being a, basically a cheerleader to her own like brand now. Um, and, you know, even Nikki Belly had to come back on her road to redemption from her neck surgery. Uh, Bliss, you know, as we, as, uh, it's actually one of you guys um, uh, tweeted that you guys the a video about Alessa Bliss and her eating disorder. So there seems to be more of an authentic feel that, not only are these women great athletes, but they actually been through some real life stuff. And anybody that comes back from nothing to be put in a championship position, good on you. You kind of deserve it. Whereas Raw, well, we've only seen three matches. We've seen Nia Jax squash a better wrestler that we don't know who her name is. <laughs> and we've seen um, Charlotte versus uh, Sasha Banks versus maybe Bailey. So, and, and it's a three hour show. So it's like, you have the bigger roster, you have the longer show, yet you pull out the same three, four, five bag of tricks. True. If it's not A or B, it's A versus C, B. It's B versus C. We get it. All matrices. All right. <laughs> square, square equals C squared. There goes your Pythagorean theorem for today. 
I'm, I'm very concerned. I'm the raw. It seems like it's they don't invest in storylines into the women's division. They don't invest invest into their characters in the women's division. They say, "Oh yeah, we have the bigger names. Let's just put them out." You're gonna have the same mess matches because hey, they're the bigger names. They they are the bigger draw, and that's the issue that I have. I feel like one, they gave Bailey the championship on Raw. They've been doing a lot. I mean, a lot of those uh, changes happen on Raw. Like like once again, Charlotte. And I don't mean to cut you off, D Wayne, but Charlotte has always won on the pay per views. While all these girls who are winning winning on Raw, it doesn't uh-huh. happen. Effect is when it on a big time pay per view, and that's my issue. It just gives me a fact that it's going to win on and on fact. Exactly, I agree with you. Y'all, y'all all have given gave really interesting points. The only thing I have to add, short and sweet, is where's Emma this week? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> like again, four four women is on Raw. That's it. At least that's what they think. <laughs> Emma's probably gonna be with Zack Ryder right. recover from his injury. I'm just, I'm just confused. Real. I'm really confused. Like Emma came out and Emmalina came out and said Emma coming back. So okay. So is this like another couple of months that we have to wait for Emma to come back? Like I, I don't I don't I don't know. We're still all waiting for even Marie to come back from vacation. Don't forget that. I definitely am. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long vacation, yeah. Long vacation. Long vacation, man. Um, Dang, somebody said something that was really intriguing. I can't think of what it was. I might just... Anybody else have anything to add on that before I switch subjects then? Because I can't think of what I was going to say. Let me just say one last thing. Is that Braun Strowman and Nia Jax have the exact same build and the exact same run at the exact same time. But for whatever reason, Braun's worked and Nia's didn't and still doesn't. (laughs) I, I well, 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 Braun didn't run into a Sasha Banks. That's that's the issue. Yeah, he did. His name is Roman Reigns. <laughs> Sasha Banks is over. Roman Reigns isn't. That's not the same. He she would he would have had to run into somebody like uh, maybe maybe even Goldberg at the time wouldn't have been a good investment for him. But he's he they like I said they really taking their time with certain people. I even think that they even made a run into Roman Reigns. In hopes to put Roman Reigns over, and it did. It worked the complete opposite. So we got thank you, Braun chance. But wait, wait, wait. Jamal has a point. Don't forget, Braun got double speared by Roman and Goldberg. That ain't nothing. That was a big good feel moment. That was cheesy. No, hey, in in, in two months, <laughs> nobody's even gonna remember that <laughs> at all. No, but, but nobody should remember that. But that's the moment that they want because they want you. To go to the network and watch old Goldberg stuff, and they want you to buy his brand new T-shirt. And honest to God, Goldberg hasn't been relevant in 15 years. So the people, the core audience, don't even know who he is, and that's why they have stuff like that happen. That's fine. Goldberg is over, but the Roman Reigns project has it didn't work. Even with the help of Goldberg, didn't help Roman. I, I don't know. I'm I swear I'm not being biased against Roman. They just haven't done a good job, and I think a lot of people have to confess that all the Roman Reigns. Uh, Beehive and all the other clicks that he got on Twitter, <laughs> the armies and stuff. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Y'all, y'all can hate me all you want, but you, you gotta be honest. Besides your love, infatuation that you guys and D Wayne have for his looks, everything else has not been good. I will say his his worth ethnic in the ring is solid. Ethnic. He's never really yes. He's never really winded, and he's conditioned really good. But I mean, shoot, if I had six moves, I probably would be too. But 
he sells the crap out of moves. That's that is his biggest plus. Biggest plus. But to go back to uh, Jamal's comparison really quick um, between Braun and Nia Jax, uh, yeah, they've definitely had the same build at the exact same time. But for the life of me, Nia Jax is so awkward in the ring, and there's been, like, no improvement since she's been called up to Raw. I, I mean, I've never seen a worse leg drop in my life um, that than, than what she does, right? <laughs> and, I mean, there, there's just no versatility to, to her character where we, we actually saw firsthand versatility just in the main event of Raw this past week with Braun. So, I mean, I think that's sort of a glaring difference just right there. Agreed. But Dr. Well, I think her wearing that trash bag from that Missy Elliott video in 97, uh, the rain, <laughs> doesn't help. It does not help her uh, her look. Um, I think giving her a lead drop is like a total fat person move. Like, <laughs> at least give her like a, a, bear, a bear hug or something. I don't expect her doing like a, a moonsault like Vader did. But if she says that she's not like most girls, well, okay, cool. But prove it. And, and, and even in her, her ring, everything about Nia Jax is wrong. She has Britney Spears, uh, you're bringing her out to the ring with a stupid pop song. Yeah. She's wearing a trash bag, you know, for, for as her uniform. I hate her. Does that make sense? That, that's what I was going to say about her theme when I was talking about earlier. That They need to do something. Her and Mickey James need new theme music, point blank. But, oh, but Nikki James at least fit her. She needs just some uh, Samoa Joe-like theme. No, Mickey James theme don't fit her all happy go lucky. I'm expecting some unicorns and maybe the new day to even come out when I hear it. But I'm just not convinced that it's her that's coming out, especially with her being the type of heel and well established woman wrestler that she's been over the past to have that that little ding 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 type of theme right. music. I'm not sold on that one at all. Hey, does she have any merch yet? No. I did not know. Mm. Let's 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 get to the next uh topic real quick. And that's the the that's the little, 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 little. the SmackDown number one contenders battle royal. That was the conclusion of SmackDown this week, which featured eight superstars or ten. Um and who will be the number one contender to face Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania because of Randy Orton's whole ordeal of not wanting to face him because he is uh, Bray is the leader. He would not ever face his master or whatever it may be, whatever that was. But nonetheless, there's really not much to talk about within the battle royal. I mean, Mojo got put out early, which people were on Twitter saying he was going to be the dark horse to win it. I guess I was all for it too. But um, Dolph Ziggler and Apollo, I don't even know this guy's last name now, Cruz. There we go. I almost called him Creed. That's still happening. You know, basically, the storylines and the uh, rumors for WrestleMania matches were being kind of broken into during the match. So you got the more interesting thing is the whole um, John Cena in the Miz thing is seemed to be manifesting. So there's that. But the bottom line is the last two people was AJ Styles and, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Luke Harper. There we go. And what, Gallows, Luke. <laughs> Luke Gallows. And what was the controversial ending of both of their feet touching the mat at the same time to cause it to be a draw <laughs> till next oh. week we have to have them go one-on-one for the number one contenders match. First of all, first of all, hold on, hold on. Let me, hold on. Let me go first, D-Way. Let me go first, TJ. Go now, for it. Here's, here's my problem. I have no problem with them having a the quote-unquote tie ending. But here's my problem with WWE. You have the most random times 
where you want to show your Titron and show instant replays sometimes where you don't want to show replays. Now, out of all major sports, even baseball has instant replay now. And how many instant replays do you show? Oh, this is what happened last week. Can't we just go to the Titantron just to see who stepped down first instead of have the referees trying to decide for themselves? Yeah. Wouldn't it be much easier to do that? D-Wayne, were you about to go there? Yeah, like, it's kind of irritating because when I first started, I was like, okay, AJ's feet clearly hit first. It was it was not a doubt in my mind. I rewinded it back, like, about five or ten times to make sure. And then it's just like, they just sit around the ring, talk to each other. Because they already know it's all messed up right now. They already knew that. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, I- well... It's easy to to just look at a replay, and you have you noticed that you really did not see not one replay, not one, not one. Yeah, I just pulled it up on my phone, and I, and because I, I don't watch back now, uh, but I saw what you guys were talking about. It's a very conspicuous jump cut from uh, exactly. the in camera uh, thing to the, like just all of a sudden the cameraman just trips and shoots the floor <laughs> <laughs> um, at the exact moment that AJ uh, goes over the top rope. Um, Playing devil's advocate, I like the idea of the finish. Obviously, the execution needed to be 100%. Agreed. It was only 80%. Agreed. And realistically, I presume the next week we'll get AJ Styles versus Luke Harper dragging this thing forward in the same way that they did Seamus and Cesaro, which still actually needs a conclusion that they could definitely go back to once they break up. But with this um, Battle Royal going into uh, WrestleMania, uh, it, it could be interesting. And then, of course, God only knows who could jump in on, on the back end and say, hey, well, you know, I didn't, I wasn't in the Battle Royal and I deserve a title shot and make it a triple threat. Or there's still more possibilities than if they went, uh, that, that somebody, AJ uh, Styles, threw a flag, a challenge flag, which <laughs> I guess if he loses, he gets a timeout taken away from him. I don't know how that would work. But, I, but you would have to set a precedent. Replays aren't used in in any anyway. They'll show you a replay, but then they'll show you a replay to say like, oh yeah, well the referee's decision was wrong, but the referee decision is final. So and the referee now doesn't know. <laughs> there are inconsistencies there, but I don't mind it. I, I don't mind it at all. I, I I agree with everything you said, and and the only thing I would add to that is that it's a hard booking to do. Like it's, the execution, it's it's almost have to be like flawless, and it's it's virtually impossible. You got. You know, two different speeds, lengths. It's a lot to factor in. And uh, physics really don't make that um, a, such a, a such an easy thing for such two guys. And already been in a match for about, I think it was a 40-minute match as well, too. So, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And I, I think a lot of people was too harsh on the, on the ending. But nonetheless, I get it. I get it. It's a lot of inconsistencies. I always emphasize this on how um, – refs call matches as well as how injuries are being reported which is the last thing i will talk about for tonight but it, it i'm fine with it the point the point got across and i think you know moving tiptoeing forward to wrestlemania because considering smackdown doesn't have another pay-per-view you got something to carry out your show for the next few weeks and it's like everything jamal said from people that saying they wasn't in the battle royal to discrepancies in it you know especially with the Miz and john cena eliminating each other and so forth and I think everything's totally fine here. Well, that is as huge the fact that the ending was trash, though. Yeah. Yeah, let's not belabor that point. But the ending was definitely trash. However, 
we do get to see the idea of not only it being Luke Harper versus Bray Wyatt for the championship, which at WrestleMania, no less, which considering that this dude was on the shelf last year this time, yeah, uh, is is a great thing. But we all get, also get to see AJ Styles versus Luke Harper, which it could like steal the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anybody so, else want to add anything on that? I'm good on that end. I, I just just quickly wonder, um, yeah, because the ending was unfortunate, and it, it's tough to book an ending like that. And I hope that um, Vince McMahon felt the same way, and I can only wonder what kind of conversation he had with AJ and Luke Harper after SmackDown <laughs> uh, this past Tuesday, because um, at least it's my sense that obviously Vince wants perfection, and we didn't get that. And so hopefully uh, he didn't chew him out too bad. Look, if you knew what the ending was going to be in the first place and you seen how AJ Styles' body was just being thrown around that match, you you would have had no confidence that they was going to land that at the same time. This, right. He couldn't even – getting him across the turnbuckles from both of them being on the apron was miserably failed, I believe, two to three times. And it's just because, I don't know, <laughs> he just had dead body weight floating around. So, I, I, at this, like I said, it's just it was just a hard booking. But, um, you know, we got a quick, like, another 10 minutes left on the show for tonight. D-Wayne. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> would, you, would, you, would you like the floor, please? Yes. It's been a long time coming. And I figured, why not bring out another Cena monster file? Where, hey, we talk about who Cena just flat out squashes. This one is going to be interesting because I, I had to legitimately think about this one. And I'm going to, I came up with a few more people, but I think this one is starting to pop out as, as the one that he's just going to squash and it's going to come into play. Her name is Nikki Bella. Let's see the monster files. And I'm gonna tell you why. You go from being the longest running Divas champion to guess what? Being John Cena's girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. I mean, I can't, you're not the longest running Divas champion anymore. You're John Cena's girlfriend. And if it's the match that we're going to get at WrestleMania between John Cena, Nikki Belly versus Maurice and The Miz, it's going to be very evident that you're John Cena's girlfriend. Dang. No more Nikki Bella. Wonder I feel bad because I actually kind of liked you, but hey. You're John Cena's girlfriend now. <laughs> You'll be remembered as from now on. Hey, Natalia did make that clearly evident in everything she's been saying. And the, her promos have been so good and so like, like, so, ooh, because it's so true. And everything she's been saying, oh, I, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> Thank you, T. Wayne, for that one. A <laughs> um, couple little quick topics, you know, so we can round out the show for tonight. Uh, running back to my topics real quick. Um, Hall of Fame inductees, we got a little bit more. We didn't talk about it all last week, but my man DDP 
will be in the Hall of Fame this year. We have Kurt Angle, the Freebirds, and um, I mean the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, what which one is it? Yeah, the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, Rock and Roll Express, DDP. Um, <laughs> Don't forget, you're getting what you're forgetting. A very important. Kurt Angle. And who else? Oh, Teddy Long. Teddy Long. Um, all seems to be a very solid inductee class for this this year. Um, just quick down the line, real fast. Who 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 do you guys expect to see to be the celebrity inductee and or the woman inductee? Ooh, that's hard. Um, is Bob, Bob Barker's in right? No, yeah, he's in. Bob Barker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking out loud. Oh, I got one. Mickey Rourke. Oh, that would be cool. I mean, just just by him, you know, doing that movie, The Wrestler, I, I, and which it was a very well done in that aspect. If you like that type of independent type film, um, even though made to the theaters or whatnot, I, I think that would be a good celebrity inductee uh, this year for him. Um, and I, you've been seeing a lot of Victoria around WWE locker rooms or yeah. Twitter stuff like that. So I wouldn't uh, be surprised to see her as a WWE Hall of Famer. Anyone else? Hey, I, Victoria makes sense. Mm-hmm. I would, I would say yeah, I would say Victoria makes sense. I like um, somebody uh, older, um, and I can't think of who's in and who's not right now. Um, but it would be cool for like a like a Luthez or somebody like that. But like somebody from that like golden era. But uh, I can't think of it who's like I, I even need to see the list of who's not in yet. Yeah. D-Ray? Or celebrity. You got to think about it. WrestleMania. Trump? WrestleMania. Already <laughs> in. <laughs> but um, WrestleMania 33 is in Orlando. Yep. I already know what, where you're going with this. What celebrity is scheduled to, to be at WrestleMania? We're supposedly scheduled to be at WrestleMania. She Jack. is scheduled. Okay, here's Shaq. There yep. you go. That's yep. my celebrity hall. The big diesel. If he comes out as uh Shazam, I might actually just lose my mind because it would all mean that the myths and the legends about that being a real movie is true. And I have been trying to find clarifications for that for a while because I'm not totally sure if I've seen it or not. I heard it was a such thing. It wasn't a dream, but you know, if that really did happen, that would be amazing. Or still, because those were two epic awesome. illusional things that might have actually happened. Um, quick, quick little, little things before we get out here, wrap up the show. Um, from the NST tapings from last night, not sure if you guys saw the rumors or anything, but a, a healthy and well in shape Finn Balor returned to come to the aid of Sinsuke Nakamura to take down Bobby Roode. Um, so good signs for him moving, uh, returning, moving forward. Um, I just have one question. Why on NXT is it It's a safe place. It's, it's, a, it's, I mean, it's his home as he say, but it's a safe place. You know, right, that doesn't, he don't have to go far. It, it, yeah, that's true too. And, and, you know, like, you know, it doesn't have any storyline implications, you know, he disappears and that's what it is. They know he's on the main roster, but I do like the intrigue that somebody does roam within both shows. Um, but nobody watches NXT. So it's not like it's going to make 
matter to the main roster. <laughs> this is true too. Um, last topic. Oh, last little question before we get out of here for the night. The whole ordeal of injury reporting. There seems to be no consistency. And I'm just going to answer this. I'm just going to shoot this as a simple yes or no. We, we'll get into it and discuss next week. Is the WWE handling their injury reporting correctly? With and correctly, we know it's not consistent, but correctly, where the bigger high profile stars sort of say gets the well drawn out videos, reports, up to date alerts, the um, app notifications, etc. Whereas some people is just like, oh, this person's hurt. We'll talk. We'll 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 tell everybody on Raw or SmackDown, whatever the show is, and that's that. Dr. M and I'll go down the line. Do you think they're handling their injury reporting correctly? With with it being inconsistent at that, but in, in between the different wrestlers. I mean, I'm all about consistency, so I would prefer that all injuries are reported the same. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think it's fine. I don't have a big problem with it. Um, and so I wouldn't say sort of correctly in the sense that you're you're describing it, but it's it's really not a big problem to me. Jamal? Yeah, I'm, I'm equally not concerned with it because the most important thing on television are the storylines since nobody wants to belt. Um, if it's going to be an injury that needs to be reported, then are we talking about like a sanctioned governing body type of a thing? Like they need to report to the athletic commission? Like what do you, what do you mean by that? Like is there like an injured reserve? You know, wrestling doesn't really work that way. So if it works out for the story, and then also is it a work or not? Like people thought that Naomi – uh, was a work, and apparently it was a little bit more serious than people thought it was. Whereas Finn Balor, you know, we didn't know if he would be back this soon. So if it if it if it's okay with the storyline, then you know they can kind of do what they want with it. Say, so, Salas. One word: kayfabe. <laughs> D Wade. Mumble master. Yo. <laughs> and do you agree that the WWE is handling their injury reporting? I think WWE sucks at injury reporting. I think they should just not report injuries. That I'm cool with that as well too. But anyway, I think we'll, we'll you know if there's more to come about um, with Naomi and Cedric coming down the league, I think that's worth a, a little bit of a discussion for next week. But um, nonetheless, um, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, Everybody on the show, Jamal as well. Um, definitely plug in the website again to catch all your latest reviews. You can catch it at realfilmnews.com or uh, the rabbit hole one dot com or at Twitter uh, at giant underscore crab. And y'all know for the whole BGB crew here tonight, um, make sure you catch us each and every Thursday. It is now Thursday, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time for a one hour live podcast show. Um, again, if you want to jump in on the debate, send us a DM, shoot us a message, you know, continue hashtag, hashtagging BGB, follow us on all our platforms. And, you know, we appreciate all the love, support and encouragement from everybody down the line. So, again, we'll catch you guys next week. And thanks for tuning in.